how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Mm, how was the evening? Evening was fine. Um, I had the D&D session just now, which was, you know, very eventful. Mm, right, right. Yes, you mean you're looking pretty excited <laughs> about what happened. Yeah, I'll tell you about it. But how was your evening? Yeah. Ah, my evening. Yeah, it was right. Not too bad, not too bad. Mm-hmm. quiet, but... Uh... That's the sound of Samantha on a video call with her partner Cameron. Cameron's living in Perth, about 4,000 kilometers away. Such calls are part of the daily ritual in their long-distance relationship. In this wild year of 2020, COVID has erected new boundaries for couples like Samantha and Cam around the world, placing their relationships in a permanent holding pattern, minus any physical holding. I'm Chris McMorrin, and this is Home on the Dot, the podcast about the meaning of home in Singapore, told through the lives of my students at the National University of Singapore. As regular listeners of Home on the Dot know, we've devoted our shows in 2020 to covering the impact of COVID-19. In our COVID series, we've heard a range of stories, from students whose exchange programs were abruptly cancelled, to how COVID restrictions altered family and religious festivities surrounding Hari Raya Puasa. When Singapore went into lockdown in April, Interactions with people outside one's household were severely limited to curb the spread of the virus. Visits to your grandparents' place, dinner with friends, and dating were all impacted. Many people struggled with the isolation of not physically seeing their loved ones during that period. Lockdown measures have since eased bit by bit over the months. Now, family visits and meeting up with friends are possible with safe distancing regulations. However, there are many people who remain separated from their loved ones, couples in long-distance relationships. With many international borders closed and most international flights being grounded indefinitely, maintaining a long-distance relationship seems harder than ever. Before the pandemic, the problem of distance could be solved with time. Couples could travel for hours and meet, and they could enjoy the time between visits planning their next trip. But with COVID-19, there is no solution to the problem of distance, and there is only the uncertainty of not knowing when couples will meet again. When will the borders open? When will flights resume? When will they be able to hold each other and restart planning for a future together? My wife and I know this feeling well, We both work and live in Singapore, but we have families in Japan and the United States. I haven't seen my mother in nearly a year and a half. When will I be able to hug her again? This year has made her feel farther away than ever. In this episode, I chat with Samantha, a recent NUS graduate from the Department of English Language and a producer on the Home of the Dot team. You might remember her from our homeschool episode from season one, when she interviewed some young international students in Singapore about where home is for them. In this episode, I asked Samantha how COVID-19 has impacted her and her long-distance relationship with Cameron. Thanks to the convenience of air travel and online messaging and video chat platforms, their long-distance relationship was manageable up to now, and they could think seriously about the possibility of one day making a home together. But following the outbreak of the pandemic, with overseas travel on hold indefinitely, 
that possible shared future is now stuck. How has COVID-19 impacted couples in long-distance relationships? How do they cope? And what plans do they have once borders open and flights start up again? Stay tuned. Samantha, it's great to see you today. To see your voice through Zoom and to hear your voice, um, we haven't spoken in months. I know last time we spoke was around May when you first brought me this story about long distance relationships. Uh, can you explain to me why you're interested in that story and uh, tell me a little bit about your COVID experience? Um, first of all, it's my own personal experience going through it. And I thought it was an interesting story to talk about just because over um, the course of the past six months um, since we started talking about this, uh, I've begun to realize that my case isn't as unique as I thought it was in the sense that there are many people out there in Singapore and all around the world that's going through the same frustrations of um, the added difficulties in maintaining a long-distance relationship during COVID-19 on top of long-distance relationships being difficult um, enough as they are already. Right, they're difficult enough because you don't know, you know, you know you're going to see each other in a few months, but you're not quite sure when or you have to wait for those few months. But now with COVID, it's kind of unknown when you will see each other next. Is that still the case for you? Definitely. I mean, I think with most long-distance relationships, it's already kind of expected that you wouldn't get to see each other for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. But you can always kind of still look forward, still plan ahead. Like, well, we can fly to each other at this time, mm-hmm. at this date. And with the current situation now, of all the flights being grounded and the international borders, you know, closed... Not knowing when the next time you can see your partner can be very unnerving. Yeah. Definitely very frustrating because um, mm, it can feel for some people, including myself, that there's a fear of your relationship stagnating. When you're in um, a relationship, there's always kind of mm-hmm. like expectations to progress and maybe like with time that passes, you are reaching closer and closer to perhaps the next stage of life. Right. So, and with the eventual goal of being together in one place. Yeah. I mean, this is what home means for a lot of people, right? It's the creation of a family. It's the spending time with your your loved ones. Um, I mean, I know for me, my definition of home is is the place where my wife is, where my partner is, right? And I don't Mm. know if you know this, but I had a long distance relationship with her for several years before we finally married. And she was living in London first, and I was in the U.S., and then she was in Japan, and I was in the U.S. But we had that fun, exciting planning of when will we see each other next. And we could buy the tickets and talk about the itinerary and talk about what we would do. And so you, Sam, and, and I have other friends going through this as well, there is this sense right now because of coronavirus, they don't know when that next meeting will be. And so I'm sure it can put strain on the relationship um, and that um, kind of stealing the potential of home in the future. Hmm. Definitely. I, I totally agree with the sentiment that 
when you're with you know a partner that you're serious with being next to them especially during um a pandemic a global pandemic mm. like this mm. would definitely feel more reassuring yeah so definitely i think um at the start of it all when you know we were still in the whole lockdown situation there was a lot more tension and frustration because there was a lot more uncertainty as compared to now mm-hmm. and so with that uncertainty there's a lot more hoping as well and mm-hmm. with the hoping can come more disappointment when you mm-hmm. realize that you know there's really no end in sight can you tell me about your partner <laughs> so um Cameron uh and I have been together we've actually reached um 3 years of being together really on Tuesday so just a few oh, days ago oh congratulations just a few <laughs> days ago you. in December wonderful yeah so Cameron um is actually from Australia um Perth mm. Western Australia and we met um more than 3 years ago in Japan mm-hmm. so um we've started this long distance relationship from the very beginning for a lot of couples it can be you know they started out in the same place and then they were separated but then there are also couples like um me who started off long distance he was here in singapore um to join me for chinese new year um mm-hmm. and i was in before early that 2020 in yeah. early 2020 and now we're at the end right. of it so it's been um close to a year already since right. i last saw right. him in person um And so I think we've been quite fortunate as compared to a lot of long distance um couples in that Perth and Singapore are in the same time zone. So I see. Oh. There's no added... I would have thought there's nothing <laughs> fortunate about your situation at all. Well, and yet, relative. <laughs> relative. Relative. Same yeah. time zone means at least you can be on each other's clocks. Yeah. And be in each other's lives in a comfortable way. Definitely, and you okay. know we get more time to do things together, and right. you know. So what get... do you do together? Um. So, the other nice thing that we share is a lot of our common interests. So we enjoy watching, um, anime and things like that, and we also play games together. In fact, we have like a group of friends, mutual friends that we have, that play games online. So on top of being able to spend time with Cameron um I also get to spend time with his friends virtually. Okay. Yep. So that that I mean that's the other thing about uh long distance relationships in in this current time that a lot of it has been supported with technology and mm-hmm. I don't know how it was in you know when you were going through long distance relationship in your time. I don't know how was it for you. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it was so inconvenient. <laughs> um I mean, the first long distance relationship I ever had, I actually had to find like an international telephone booth, a special kind of booth in Japan in order to make calls. Uh to to so- Yeah, they had that. Like there was a normal green telephone booth and then there was a gray one which was only for international <laughs> calls. And you had to buy like a little telephone card and then you had to you know punch in the numbers and wait and uh just stand there out in a public park <laughs> talking to your <laughs> to your significant other uh in the middle of the night sometimes that was the original uh w- later you know a lot of letters uh eventually email 
but yeah, it's been uh, you know it's an evolving thing. So I'm very jealous that you get to play games <laughs> simultaneously, synchronously, <laughs> and share those kind of share entertainment or share other kinds of moments together. That's wonderful. There was certainly no video yeah. chat in my day. <laughs> um, so tell me how, I mean, uh, you have some positives and some negatives of this long distance relationship, how it's changed because of COVID. I mean, the impact, uh, can you tell me a little bit about positives and negatives? At least for me and Cameron, like we do have um, sometimes different views on what's going on. For example, like he would be a bit more positive about the outlook of things. Whereas for me, I, t I tend to be a bit more negative. Mm -hmm. I like to think I'm being realistic <laughs> with my expectations. When we were in May, he was saying, oh, it should be before the end of the right. year, we should be able to fly to each other. And here <laughs> we are, still <laughs> nothing has changed. <laughs> um, so, well, it's nice to be positive about things, I guess. But for me, I guess, when you get your hopes up, it gets more disappointing when you are reminded over and over again how, no, it's not, you know, going to change so right. quickly, the current circumstances. So then, like, that could lead to some tensions when he's, where he would be like, well, why do you have to be so negative about such things? And I'll be like, well, you, I, I think you're just being quite yeah. unrealistic with your, <laughs> with your expectations. Those are tiny things. Um, at least for me, um, I tend to be a bit more of an overthinker okay. um, and a bit more insecure. So then that would lead to like almost existential questions of like, am I, is this relationship going to be okay? Mm -hmm. Can we really tie, you know, this pandemic through? Um, especially when you're in a long distance relationship, I think, you know, the goal is to settle together in the same place, right? Right. So then with um, the current COVID situation, making, you know, finding jobs difficult, mm -hmm. traveling to each other is difficult, then you start to worry about like, well, when can we start planning to settle together right. in person? I had a friend explain it as to saying like, life is on hold right now. Yeah, because she, that's a good she, way to put she, it doesn't quite know where this relationship is going, but she can't even start to move in any kind of direction because she's just on hold. So what's the positives? <laughs> the positives, um, I think definitely now that we do have more time on our hands mm -hmm. um, with the current situation. Also, I think um, I should explain about our situation. Cameron has just finished his master's in teaching in, in Perth. So he's a bit more free now. And I also graduated this year. Um, so we have a lot more time on our hands that would have gone to perhaps traveling to each other had it not been right. COVID-19. Yep. Um, we have both, you know, start looking at picking up hobbies and interests and things like that. There's more time for yourself. There's more time to reflect um, on how you can improve on yourself. Because mm -hmm. definitely in a relationship, you want to do things together. But at the same time, I feel it's very important to always be improving yourself and inspiring your partner in the same way. So that also kind of brings you know additional topics into our conversation. It makes it interesting as well. 
for example, I picked up、um, some crafts like embroidery, resin craft, and I would show him my work, and he'd be like, "Oh, okay." And then he gets inspired and he starts picking up his piano again,、mm-hmm. and drawing and things like that. It's、um, it's funny you you say you you game together, but you also do like nineteenth <laughs> century crafts. <laughs> <laughs> but it can get exhausting, I think, if you spend too much time on like the internet.、Right. Yeah. Can I ask?、Yeah. I can see through the Zoom that you are still in your childhood bedroom. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. How is that?、Yeah. Uh, how is this? How is it managing a long distance relationship with your family in the background? Oh, it can be quite funny sometimes. <laughs> in that, Cam and I would be having our conversation, and、um, my parents would barge in. It's a typical Asian household where your parents would probably just go in and talk to you, ask you to do things. So they would barge in and then they would be like, "Oh, hi, Cam!" And then they'll wave, and they'll awkwardly like retreat as well. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, but they're very understanding. My parents. I, I kind of. It's interesting that you should point that out because I've had this feeling of slight bit of guilt at times. Um, when it comes to my interactions with my family after studying, you know, a long distance relationship,、um, I try to spend time with Cameron、um, every day if I can,、mm-hmm. to connect and to keep you know the com- communication going、mm-hmm. every day. So sometimes it could lead to after having dinner with my family, spending a bit of time with them. I'll go into my room and to get more peace and quiet, I'll close the door.、Right. From my parents' point of view, I think it can seem a bit. It can seem a bit antisocial, maybe,、yeah. that I'm, you know, like locking myself away in the room. Yeah, but I think my parents have been very understanding, and during dinner time, they'll ask about Cam,、mm-hmm. they'll ask about his family, and they'll update, you know, them, you know, us to send their regards. So, so what does the future hold? Are you, I mean, I don't want to ask big questions like, so has anyone popped the question, or what?、Uh. <laughs> what happens next, right?、Um, or are you in a holding pattern, or、uh, what? What comes next? I think. Well, okay. I I think before I go into that, remember in our last conversation we talked about、mm-hmm. how Cameron and I, kind of. We're considering speeding up our plans to settle down the same country.、Um, right, this was to enable one of you to travel to the other country using a kind of、um, a special visa or something like that. Something would be the only、like、way,、that. right, to have to be able to to visit the other place. Yeah, yeah, to to make administrative matters like that a lot smoother, and also、right. I think as visa stuff aside.、Um, If we can settle in the same country as soon as possible, if another global issue like you know COVID nineteen hits again, we wouldn't、mm-hmm. have to go through the separation again. Right. So the pandemic has rushed some decisions. Yeah. And、um, in an era where we used to have kind of unlimited mobile、uh, global mobility,、um, you know. Now you have to negotiate with the state in order to manage that mobility, in order to be mobile in ways that you can't otherwise because of state restrictions, visas, and things. Yeah. Okay. With the global situation starting to cool off, you know, you know, bit by bit, 
our... We have a vaccine, finally. Yes, that's, that's really assuring news. And also international、mm-hmm. borders are starting to open up bit by bit. So Singapore, for example,、mm-hmm. like, has unilaterally opened up to a few countries, which includes Australia. And so when I saw the news, I was like really happy and quickly sent that,、um, the link to Cameron. I guess the only thing with that is having to wait for Australia to open up as well. Even then, I think like it's probably not going to be the case that we can fly to each other immediately as soon as the borders open because、mm-hmm. airfares are going to shoot up so high. <laughs> yes, they will. Yes, they will. <laughs> yeah. There'll be definitely limited seating because they'll probably still do、um, limited flights and social distance seating. So,、mm-hmm. and also because、um, if Australia does open up on that end, it will be next year, probably、um, mid to the, you know, the third quarter of the year. And of 2021, I see. Of 2021.、Okay. That's the speculation that they put forth.、Mm-hmm. Um, But by then, I would be working because I got a job offer、um, to start next January. So then that's the thing like, this year would have been. So now you're going to start a new job here? In, in, Singapore. in Singapore. So because it's like starting a new job would probably require you to be、um, at the job as much as you can for first year at least. So,、mm-hmm. if it were not for COVID 19, this year would have been the best time to be able to travel to Cannes or vice versa.、Um, but I, I, first, of, first and foremost, I'm very grateful to be able to get a job、um, during such、mm-hmm. a time. And second, like, I think it comes at a good time because, as I said earlier, we probably wouldn't get to fly to each other immediately. So,、right. yeah. In a world where we used to be able to, yeah, live in different countries and be fine with that and look forward to some kind of,、um, some kind of future together somewhere.、Mm. Uh, and suddenly COVID has put a, a real damper on those relationships or changed them in different ways. Yeah. Not all negative. Definitely in reflection over the months. Like, I guess COVID 19 has helped me. Uh, and perhaps also Cameron, my partner, to really probably grow a bit more in our relationship in some way. You know, it's,、mm. it's a lot of、mm. negatives, I would say. But and on the positive side, like things like that can happen. And now that this has happened, if something like that happens in the future again, I think we probably would be more mentally prepared if not like, if、oh, we're、I、not、see. already in、yeah. the same country together by that point. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, very fascinating. And it's great to catch up after more than six months of not speaking to you、um, voice to voice.、Uh, last time we spoke, I was really taken aback by your story. And,、um, and it is interesting in the, in the months since I have run into many more people who are in similar situations. And I feel for you.、Um, I, as you say, this is a time where you might grow together, grow closer because of that maturing factor. But also, there's that,、um, that uncertainty that can hang over the relationship. And I suppose there's also the feeling like if, you, if it doesn't work out, you might think, well, did I not try hard enough? 
Um, did I not love enough? Um, but if it does survive this, then it can survive anything, right? It's that this is a real breaking point or a decision point for a lot of people in their relationships. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for talking to me about this. Thank um, you. I, I wish you all the best. Um, I've met Cameron. He's a great guy. <laughs> um, I hope that you guys can see each other again, I guess, in, within the year. I <laughs> within hope so a year too. from now. Yeah. 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 Good luck. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Samantha. Bye bye. Mm. The promise of any long distance relationship is that one day it will become a close distance relationship. About 20 years ago, my wife and I spent a year and a half engaged, but living on different continents. Every time we met, we were already planning our next meeting with the knowledge that we would be together permanently at the end of that long tunnel. In her fascinating study on family photos, geographer Gillian Rose found that people used photographs to create a feeling of homeliness, to turn a house into a home by personalizing the space with the faces and places dear to the family. But she also found that those family photos did some geographical magic. They not only transformed the bare walls of a house into a home, but they stretched the walls of that home across international borders and into the distant locations shown in the photographs. Home was both here and there, now and in the past. For couples in long-distance relationships, home is often in the future. And no amount of photographs or video messaging apps can shrink the painful distance in both time and space between now and the unknowable future when they will finally be at home together. As we near the end of this turbulent year of 2020, my heart goes out to everyone longing to hold a loved one, but prevented that pleasure by the cruelty of distance. May you hold each other soon. This episode was produced by Samantha Leong and me, with sound engineering by Stanley Chow. Thanks to Cameron, who shared his voice in the opening. I also want to send a big shout-out to all the faithful Home on the Dot listeners, like Crystal and James, who have waited patiently for new episodes. This has been a stressful time for me, teaching modules entirely online, worrying about family overseas, and, admittedly, becoming a little addicted to news about the U.S. presidential election and its aftermath. Thankfully, the past few months have also brought some good news. The completion of my first book, called Ryokan, Mobilizing Hospitality in Rural Japan. It's an ethnography about the physical and emotional work that takes place behind the scenes at a ryokan, or Japanese inn. It's based on a year of intensive research and work at an inn in Kurokawa Onsen, a hot springs village in Kumamoto, as well as nearly two decades of repeat visits. It should be out sometime in 2021 from the University of Hawaii Press, but I'll be sharing some of the work at an online meeting of the Royal Geographic Society, Singapore, in mid-January 2021. You can find more details about the event and my book, as well as transcripts for this episode, on our Home on the Dot blog at tinyurl.com slash homeonthedot. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Home on the Dot. And as always... Thanks for listening.